Greetings, Alpha Seekers, and welcome to the uh, Friday edition of Alpha's Next. Well, it was a heck of a week, and it's been a heck of a month and a heck of a year. And uh, as a result of that, there's been a lot of volatility. Um, yesterday was one of those days that a lot of these day traders who are out on Robin Hood now buying shares and expecting that they'll always go up got a got a reckoning you know it's an old Gilbert and Sullivan uh, song let the punishment fit the crime and uh, the market which we no longer refer to as uh, Mr. Market because we are social justice warriors <laughs> and we we know that any kind of sexism or racism or is is a is a sin. So we avoid sin. Lead us not into temptation. So um, we no longer call the market Mister. Uh, however, you know whatever you want to call it, it has no conscience. It has little concern about you and your feelings and your money. So it will, uh, vengeance is mine, say at the market, and I will repay in kind. And yesterday was a payback day for the, for the market. So today we had a little upsy-downsy. Uh, you know, when the market goes down that much, it usually snaps back, at least initially. So we were up like 2-3% in the morning. And, uh, but another, another thing about the market is that it tends to uh, get lightened up on Fridays because most players in the market who drive the volume don't like to be long that means owning stock over the weekend because especially these days you never know what's going to happen over the weekend and you're stuck in your position you can't get out so you can do something called gap down you know market the S&P closed a little over 3000 well you could wake up on Sunday or Monday morning and it's down to 2500 and there's nothing you can do about it well there are but which brings us to our uh, focus today there was a great article in the wall street journal which i put on our uh, alpha's next linkedin page but you can go find it in the wall street journal if you're a subscriber since probably a lot of you are not and we have dogs barking in the background. Working from our home office in an undisclosed location in Lincoln Park, Illinois, 60614, hello. Um, we are subject to noise from dogs and people and social justice, other social justice warriors expressing their outrage. So uh, anyway. Let us not be distracted by the politics of the day. So there's this great article uh, in 
the Wall Street Journal called Volatility is Everywhere, the market tactic that is driving stocks haywire. And this is no news to veteran options traders like myself. Uh, But it will be news to a lot of people who are not options traders. Um, So I would highly recommend reading this article. But I will kind of read it to you, and that will be the bulk of our uh, podcast. Uh, And it says that another animal is on the rise that doesn't doesn't much care what stocks do as long as they do something. It's the volatility trade. So in other words, the market goes up, the market goes down, and most people hate it when the market goes down. But volatility traders love it because if the stock doesn't move, you can't make any money. Most investors would be happy with an annuity, you know, like the Bernie Madoff trade, right, where it went up 12% every, every year. And that's the first thing a volatility trader uh, will tell you is the tell for a fraudster because nothing goes up in a straight line the way you would like it to. It's always a jagged line. It looks like a drunk is making a line on a graph. You know, it goes up and down. That goes real far. So uh, what this does is talk about the evolution of options. And if you're at all plugged into the financial cable business, you've heard of John and Pete Nigerian and folks like that have, you know, the options industry has done a magnificent job of marketing itself. So um, the volume in options has gone up remarkably. And so there's some great, now that's Louie over there in the background, eating. He's a noisy eater. So uh, there's some great charts in this. Picture tells a thousand words. And it shows the, uh, the CBOE. The CBOE is the Chicago Board of Options Exchange. And uh, it shows the volatility index that I talk about a lot, the VIX. And it shows the VIX over the course of four years. And if you look at the chart, you will see that the VIX is usually, in calm markets, the VIX runs about 10. Well, in this recent uh, COVID virus, it set a record. It went up to 80, so that's eight times the volatility. Now, there are ways that you can trade that, none of which we recommend. (laughs) At least not many of them. There's actually exchange-traded funds, ETFs, that the one in particular is called the V-Victor X-Ray X-Ray, VXX, and it is constructed of futures on volatility. Now, a lot of these products are designed, they're all designed for professionals. Do not try this at home. Because a lot of them are, most, the VXX is basically designed for an intraday trade, okay? Basically, it's big institutions that day trade. Now, there's a guy in the article who used to work for the government who has figured out a way to make money every day on this. So he says, you don't want to do this. He sits in front of three computer screens all day. That's not what you want to do. So, um, 
what you want to do is probably hire somebody like Ventures Next to do the trading for you. But um, there is a simple way to play it, which is just buy some puts. Remember last week I said buy some puts? I got that feeling, and I'm hearing people recommend it, and sure enough, boom. So if you bought some puts and the volatility was 10, which it was for a while, and then it screamed up to 80, you made a ton of money. So uh, because your puts became, you're out of the, way out of the money, puts were suddenly in the money. So it's like that old song, we're in the money. So anyway, that's how that works. It's like buying insurance on your stock. Um, and let's see, let's pull out. There's a guy named Paul Britton who runs a fund called Capstone Investment Advisors, LLC. Manages $7 billion. Um, and he says, uncertainty is our friend. And most people find uncertainty to be an enemy. Options can make it your friend. More than a trillion dollars worth of derivatives uh, bets tied to the VIX have changed hands this year. A trillion dollars with a T. More than quadruple the figure of a decade ago when I started trading this stuff. Um, so that's the most impressive number in here. Some of the big guys, the retirement funds, if you're in a retirement fund, you're probably in the options market. You just don't know it. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, the assets in that have gone, have quadrupled over the uh, last 13 years. Let's see what else we want to share with you. Um, there are strategies that, and this is kind of what we're doing with our biotech fund. Uh, you you take, take positions on the differences and swings between the broader stock market and individual shares. So that fund, and it's a capstone fund, has returned 12% through May whereas uh, the S&P was down five. So you're beating the market by 25%. That's pretty good. Um, then he's got another fund that uh, trades violent swings in the stock market. That's returned 220%, folks, 220% year-to-date. That's out there for tail risk, okay? So I'll be looking into these because, honestly, if you can invest in a fund like that rather than, you know, trade options yourself, depending on the fees and all that. I'm going to be looking into that. I don't know if that's just for big players or what. but um, And then most of these, they have another chart here that shows the results from what they call short volatility hedge funds, which means that when the market is calm, you make money. And those make anywhere between, it looks like, you know, maybe 10% in, on the upside to losing more than that, 15. It's one of these charts that I hate that doesn't have very easy-to-read metrics. Long volatility hedge funds um, in, in 2020 made 30% on average. And then there's the tail risk. And what that means is... The black swan event hedge. 
and that those funds made over 60% this year. Most years, they lose money almost every year unless something bad happens. So out of 10 years, they only made money two years. And the long volatility funds only made money three out of 10 years. The short volatility funds make money most years. They only lost money two years. So that's how that, that's a good way of looking at that chart. Uh, and that's from a company called Eureka Hedge. So, what else do I want to call out here? The average daily option volume uh, started out at zero in like 1970s, and now it's at almost 30 million contracts. So options have become very popular. Um, and they're almost like a pandemic prediction system, says uh, uh, Mr. Chan who is with QI, QTS Capital. And he's just using it as what they call a hedge, and that's what hedge funds are supposed to do, is hedge against disasters. Uh, what else do we say here? And that's the best way to use them. If you're just trying to, um, you know, make a little bit of money every day, Options are a dangerous way to do it if you don't know what you're doing. And it says here that uh, there was an event called Volmageddon when two volatility exchange traded products collapsed, which means that they blew up, lost all their money, had to stop trading them. So, you know, you have to know what you're doing here. So don't try this at home, I guess, unless you get taught. And even then, don't... Don't spend any money you can't afford to lose. Let's see here. It's like anything else. It's like the, anything like a car. You know, you can use it for good or bad, or you can be risky, or you can be a good driver, you know. But you have to understand what you're doing. Uh, and the, the article closes by saying that, uh, it's a quote from a gentleman named Chris Walbird, and he says, the tide goes out, and you see who's not wearing a swimsuit, which is an old Warren Buffett quote. He says, you don't know who's doing a good job and who's not doing a good job until you have a big dislocation. And that's where we're at. So the reason I uh, you know, read you that bedtime story was because, number one, I know most of you aren't going to go to the LinkedIn page, and even if you do, you don't have a Wall Street Journal subscription. But it gives you some context on some of the things that I talk about, uh, particularly this uh, biotech fund we're putting together. And what we're going to do is use those uh, volatility trades uh, with options tactics to try to capture alpha in the biotech sector. Uh, so if you're interested and you want to go out and read the Wall Street Journal, you'll have a better understanding of my... You know, sometimes I feel like Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now here, uh, reading reading his uh, ramblings into the ether, but um, it'll give you a better idea what I'm talking about. Because I remember when I started trying to learn how to do these things, I was bewildered. It was like a hall of mirrors. And uh, now I, you know, having followed him for almost, you know, well, over a decade... I feel as if I kind of get it. So, and hopefully I'm able to explain it 
in ways that you understand or that, you know, makes sense. So, but that article's really good uh, in terms of illustrating what's going on in the market. So even if you don't trade options, you know, one of the points they make is uh, all the action happens in the first half hour and the last half hour. And the reason that happens, or one of the drivers, is that uh, people who are trading volatility need to adjust their positions at the beginning of the day and the end of the day. So that moves a lot of shares around. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, things start with a bang and then they end with a bang, but the middle of the day is pretty boring. So, uh, so that's what it is. Maybe they only need to open up the stock market for an hour in the morning, an hour at night. But then what would CNBC talk about? So, and actually stuff happens during the day, so probably need to keep it open from whatever time it is, 8.30 to 4. So anyway, that's, that's it for today. We're just going to focus on that. I just came across that article tonight, so uh, I got a podcast out of it. And I do think that that is a very good uh, way to get your head around options and how important they are and how they can be your friend, you know. If volatility, uncertainty is your friend, uh, you have a very powerful friend to defend you against uh, the vicissitudes of the investment world. So um, that's it for tonight. Have a good weekend, live long, prosper, and we'll talk to you again uh, as the spirit moves. Uh, But certainly I like to talk to you on Sunday night uh, because that's the future's opening. And one thing I did notice about, you know, when I try to, during the week I try to wait until I see the future's open for the next day. The futures that trade in the evenings are nowhere near as predictive of the market as the futures that trade in the morning. Uh, I think the traders wake up and they see what happened overnight and then they put some, you know, the volume is what the big boys put down. And uh, the the volume is what really moves the market. So the people who do it at night are, I think, international and, you know, day traders and small volume. The big dough from the big institutions gets played in the morning. And so if you see the uh, futures like an hour before the market opens, that's a pretty good predictor of what's going to happen when it does open. Not that you can do anything about it, but, you know, that is very predictive of what kind of day it's going to be. So you can kind of, you know, when you're sitting in the locker room waiting to come out and play, you know, that's a pretty good tell for what you should be looking to do on the kickoff. So... We're approaching 20 minutes, and uh, I'm going to call it a podcast. Bye-bye.